Welcome to the Kansas City Business Cast. This is your host, Michael Reisinger from VAS LLC. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. His name is Daniel Miares. He is an author and illustrator of children's books, my neighbor, and an all-around great dude. Daniel, welcome to KCBC, sir. Michael, thanks for having me. Yeah. What a joy, man. I, I can't tell you how excited this, this has made me. I've been looking forward to this. Good, good. Man. Crawling out of my basement. <laughs> to come actually talk to a real live person. Yeah, yeah, that's something else, isn't it? <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so glad to have you here, man. Um, you know, you are the first, I mean, true artist that I'm having on this show. And I mean that in the sense of, you know, you're an illustrator. Um, you know, we'll tag all of your socials too in the show notes so people know where to find you. Uh, you know, you're, you're always drawn, you're always putting something out, you're creating, you're a writer. Um, you brought some of your books today. My kids read your books. I read your books to my kids. Um, you've got a couple of new ones we'll talk about. I mean, it's your show. We'll, we'll kind of go down the whole rabbit hole. Um, but I definitely want to, you know, talk about how you got your start you know, with creativity, I know that you've worked for some major players in the space and then you had to make a, a pivot, you know, uh, in the last couple of years. So we'll kind of talk about that. I think everybody listening to the show knows that I've got, um, one of the reasons why I started this is because I want people to know about local folks in Kansas city and then also understand how somebody got from, you know, where they were to this idea that they wanted to, you know, have their own business or create on their own and be independent. So obviously that will be a natural, you know, side effect from this conversation. Um, but uh, I'll go ahead and hand the mic over to you, you know, um, if you can just tell everybody about yourself and, and, uh, we'll just go from there. Yeah. Hi everyone. Um, you know, like I said, this is a really uh, great opportunity to connect, not just with a, uh, another wonderful human, but a neighbor, but also someone who is inspiring to me. Um, I mean, hearing, you know, hearing the stories that, um, that you've been sharing on this podcast is, is really inspiring. You know, I got to go through it. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm writing notes and I'm thinking, Oh, I gotta remember that, you know, because so much of what I've learned over the past few years, um, as an author and illustrator, but just as a person is that, you know, there's so, there's so much that I don't know. And the better I get at acknowledging how much I don't know, the more effective I am at what I do. And, and the more open and vulnerable I am at what I do. And that hopefully becomes more human to others because what I do is make books for other small humans. And, uh, the more human I can be, I think the more they relate to them. And, and so I'm always looking for ways to do that, but also still run a successful business, right. which, you know, doesn't always go hand in hand, but, but I have to look for the space in between and, and try to figure out, you know, what, what sort of skill sets do I need to sure up aside from just making, you know, my content, my art, my stories, um, and then, and how do I, you know, keep that going and create an opportunity for me to do my best work? Right. Um, because, you know, I'm a one man show, you know, at this right. point. So, except I do have a rep and an agent, um, and congratulations. Oh, thanks. Well, we can, we can talk about <laughs> yeah. the details of that too, because sure. they're my creative family, but, wow. but I feel like, you know, so much of what I do on the daily is, you know, is singular and, and so it, you have to invest a lot of yourself in it, but you know, I also know that like your, uh, your five minutes to learn, you know, I am not my job and I have to, you know what I'm saying? I have to understand where, you know, where I end and, you know, and the business of it begins and, um, and vice versa. But so anyway, um, I feel, I feel like it's a, it's a real privilege to get to do what I do. And, and I've been doing, making books for gosh, about, I would say probably about 14 years now. Um, yeah, 13, 14 years. And I was doing it part-time nights and weekends while working for Hallmark Cards as an wow. artist and product designer for them. And I worked there for almost 18 years. So, so I was doing it nights and weekends there. And then finally in uh, spring, early, early spring of 2020, I made the leap uh, from Hallmark to being out on my own. And, um, and it just so happened that the world shut down you know, a couple of weeks after. And so, um, and so, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting time to launch my own thing and kind of go out on my own. But I had the, the saving grace of had been doing it for about a decade on the side. And so, so it wasn't like starting cold. Um, I had a whole, 
I had a whole list of projects going and partners and, and great connections. And so, so I just kind of um, continued doing what I was doing, but just ramped it up. And so I've been kind of building um, ever since then. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, you and I saw each other uh, walking down the street about a month into that in, in 2020. And, you know, we were we were all trying to stay in contact with each other because, you know, the world was falling apart and all that, um, you know, to kind of go to your uh, your experience with that. Um, what what were some of the, the key moments where you realized, you know, I, I think I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to go out and test the waters and, and, and build this and, and be my own. Basically, I, I can't say your own business, but it be, you know, an independent artist, like independent writer, you know, what, what, what did that look like? You know, I, you know, I, I had these, these moments over the years working, uh, you know, for a huge corporation, Hallmark Cards, um, you know, it was an amazing place. And that's, that's where I started my career, you know, out, right out of college. And, and they, um, you know, they invested so much in their creative talent and their product and creating this environment for learning and growth. And, and so I, you know, I can't say enough good things about that corporation for one, but, um, but they invested so much in me and, and I felt like there was this huge, there was this huge, um, you know, this huge period of growth, you know, while I was working there that, you know, you couldn't get at, you couldn't get at a college, you couldn't get through a master's program, you couldn't get through any sort of training program because it was, it was the, it was the intangible. It was about being there in that kind of soup of people. And, um, and that to me was, you know, was just life giving and, and was huge for me. But there came a time where, you know, I, I, I mean, my creative interests have always diverged and become like this kind of scattershot, you know, approach to, you know, creative life. And so I was doing work for Hallmark for the projects I had going there, things outside just for fun, uh, other freelance things. I was freelancing for other clients on the side, um, you know, that didn't, you know, conflict with their non-compete agreements, uh, um, which another, was something to consider. That's you know? another element. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because you want to be, you know, if you're working for, for a company, you want to be all in and you want to make sure that they know that um, but I was doing, I started make, writing and illustrating books on the side. Hmm. Um, and a friend of mine connected me with a book rep and, and I started back in 2009 working with them. And, and I started to realize that, you know, there were things that, um, that felt completely, it was the same skill set, like making art, telling stories with my imagery, but it felt completely different in the way I was doing it. And, and the only way I can describe it is that, you know, working for a big corporation, you know, there's the, there's the brief or the strategy that you're working towards. But when you're on your own making books like I'm doing, you know, you are the brief, you are the strategy. And so, so I think that was the difference if I had to put my finger on it, but I was straddling these two worlds and, and, and it worked fine, except my general lack of sleep, you know, and well-being. But, um, but there came a time where, you know, so basically I was overemployed, you know, I was always thinking great way to put it. I was, I was always thinking like, okay, well I've got a plan B if something should fall through because you never know. I mean, layoffs happen periodically and you know, things come and go and I just wanted to be ready. You know, I wanted to know that, you know, that I had other skill sets that I could lean on if I had to. And, you know, because illustrator full-time work is not falling off of trees, you know? And so, um, but I have, I had a family at that point and, you know, two kids and a wife and, you know, very, you know, very mirror you guys and your family. But, right. um, so I knew that I needed that kind of, you know, that kind of mental stability knowing that, okay, there's something else that I could start building if I had to. And then there came a time where, um, in 2019, the end of 2019, Hallmark was going to make some big cuts in my area again. And, and they were like, look this time we're offering packages to anyone that wants to take them, anyone that, you know, is interested. Whereas before it was, you had to be a certain age and so many years of service, you know, so it was kind of targeting, you know, folks that were on the later part of their careers. And, you know, and I was at the point where I was like, man, I really have to consider this, you know, because the, it was a very generous, you know, severance package. And, 
and it was, but it was voluntary at that point. And, you know, and so I wrestled with that decision, but I thought, you know, ultimately, you know, life is too short. So I thought, let's give it a, let's give it a rip. You know, I've been, I've been doing this. This would be a nice runway to try to see if I can make this work. And, um, you know, and I, I'll take my lumps if it doesn't, you know? And, right. and so I just kind of got to that point where I wanted to, wanted to kind of make that leap. And so, so I did and, and kind of started in on things, um, in February of 2020. And then a few weeks later, you know, the world shut down and looking people in the eyes when you work was not a thing anymore. It was just like, it's like, wow, everyone was, was kind of figuring out, you know, how do we, how do we survive? How do we get toilet paper? How do we, you know, do all this stuff? And, and so it, it, it occurred to me, well, gosh, you know, I had so much work to do at that time that I was like, I can just hunker down and try to get through this, you know? Um, and so, and so that's what I did. And I just focused in and, and that, that was kind of my launch and kind of my, you know, confirmation that it was like, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing right now, you know, at least in my mind. And, you know, I know you could, you could spin it any number of ways, but, you know, for me, that, um, that was the way things lined up. And that to me felt like the right path to be walking at the time and, and what I was called to do. And, and so I've been trying to build from there and, and I feel like I've been, um, I I've seen some pretty interesting and wonderful things happen. Um, I've met, a, I've had a lot of challenges along the way in the past four years, but, um, but at the same time, I'm not the same person that I was, you know, even just four years ago. And I know that, um, and I know it's because, you know, I've been in the pressure cooker for four years. You know, I've been in this incubator of like, okay, if that strategy is not working, how do I develop a new strategy? How do I pivot? How do I, how do I build on something that is a glimmer of success? You know, how do you grow that into something that's, that you can count on month after month? Or how do you, how do you grow opportunities? How do you make those connections? How do you, you know, invent basically new ways for, for you to use, you know, your brand? Um, and, you know, to me, that was, um, that's been very, very enlivening, you know, but, uh, but at the same time, exhausting. Cause you're like, you know, you got to stop every now and again and take stock and say, okay, you know, am I, you know, is this sustainable and what do I need to do to make it sustainable? Right. Which, you know, which is good. It's, I mean, I'm sure these are all thoughts that, you know, small business owners go through, but as a creative, you know, I, you know, I don't know that I know of a clean roadmap to do it as a creative, but, um, I sure wish I had gone to, uh, to business school or something to, you know, to have all those skills, you know, backing me up, but I'm just piecing it together right now, which is, which is good, which is a good problem to have, you know, because I can, I can say, okay, well now I need to know about more about, you know, tax law and, and navigating these sorts of financial issues. How do I do that? Um, which is, which is which is a good problem because if you're not dealing with actual jobs, then you don't have those problems. <laughs> you know, right? You don't right. have any flow of cash to worry about, or you don't have, you know, clients to worry about. So, right. So anyway, you know, uh, so many so many wonderful uh, nuggets out of what you just said. First off, that's the first time I've ever heard, and I and has definitely ever been said on the show the word enlivening, and I love that. <laughs> enlivening yes <laughs> i am all about um powerful language and just just hearing you talk about that um you know i get this this window into how it's been for you you know when you say pressure cooker you know um it's it's that level of challenge that i think you know and it's different for every person but everybody needs challenge to grow and you know become you know, better at their craft. And for you as well, you know, it's like you found ways and I've watched you do this too, right? Like you found ways to be present for your family and, you know, taking the kids to their games. And, you know, we've talked about that, you know, we had the fire going uh, last year on my driveway and, you know, so like to know you, um, as a person and the skills you've had to develop, um, it's, it's just, so powerful seeing that happen. Um, it's come up, I think on almost every show, but nobody's taught how to, you know, there isn't a roadmap for people's businesses. You know, they've got to, you know, prototype it as they go. 
Um, very curious how you got into your niche of writing children's books. And, you know, was that something that you developed over time? Have you just naturally been, you know, driven to write that you said for tiny humans, I think (laughs) for little humans in the beginning of the show, but, you know, obviously it's, it's a gift and, uh, something that you're very passionate and enthusiastic about. Um, so just curious about where, where that started and what you like about doing that. Well, focusing there. Yeah, I was trained as an illustrator. And so I knew that, you know, I wanted to do something along those lines. So narrative things. And, mm-hmm. and that, that led me to Hallmark and how, you know, they used illustration in their products to tell stories and whether it's products, services, branding, mar- you know, I, I got to work on all of it with them. And, you know, they're kind of an interesting company in that way, because, you know, as a, as an artist, you can go in and you know, really touch a lot of different product formats and work with a lot of different collaborators. And, you know, one day you might be working with a paper engineer. Another day you might be working with, you know, someone from PR, someone from, you know, doing tours for retailers that come in. You know, you could do all these things that aren't just working on a singular product, um, like an assembly line. So that was a good training. You know, that was so... um that was so transformative, I think, just to set my mind in a place that to help me understand that there's more to me than just one product format and one way of approaching it. And I have to look for the threads, the through lines to what I do. And so a friend of mine um, at the time was, was very gracious and he had seen some work I was doing for the Kansas City Star as a, as a freelancer because I, I got this gig on the side this was way back in probably like 2004 when I started doing this, but the Kansas city star used to publish this serial book once one chapter a week in the Sunday paper in star magazine. And I got hired to, to illustrate these books and I didn't consider it book work at the time. I just thought, well, that's an editorial job, you know, it's for the newspaper. And so, but each week on Wednesday, I would get an email. It would be the chapter. I would read it. On Friday, I would deliver the art. On Sunday, it would run in the paper. And then I did that for four years each week without a break, 52 weeks, you know, 52 installments. They did that. Um, and so a friend of mine had seen what I was doing in the paper and was like, have you ever thought about doing children's books? And I was like, I was like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm, you know, really a children's book person, you know. I didn't consider myself one. But then my daughter came along and, you know, my, I tell this story, you know, my daughter Stella was, was born six weeks early and she was in the NICU, um, at Overland Park Regional Medical Center. And, and then my wife who was recovering from, you know, a C-section and, um, couldn't, you know, go up there at first, you know, I was in the NICU, you know, looking after our daughter at night and, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know. I mean, I, the nurses were very helpful in teaching me how to feed her and how to, you know, make little diapers for her and stuff like that, you know, because, you know, with a preemie, there's so many things to consider. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. It was like three in the morning one night I was, I was sitting there and just watching her in their little isolate. And I, so I, I went home and I picked up all the books people had given us, you know, getting prepared for her to come all the, all the children's books. And I took this stack you know, books into the NICU and, and I just read to her and, and I didn't know, you know, if she could even hear me, you know, they said that, you know, they'll, they'll pick up on the sound of your voice and, and so, but I just read to her, you know, and I kept reading and, you know, each night I would read more and, um, and then it occurred to me that, you know what, these books are helping me connect with my daughter in a really special way. And I thought, well, why couldn't I use my work in the same format you know, to help others. It'd be silly for me to, you know, to disregard that, um, as an opportunity to help people connect. And so, so I went back to my friend and I was just like, yeah, is that offer still stand? Can I, I'd love to share some work with you, um, and, and your rep. And because he offered to share some of my stuff with a rep that he worked with. And, and so they were out of Boston, uh, called studio Goodwin Sturgis. And, um, we sent my stuff off and I got this call from, from Judy Sue Goodwin Sturgis, she it was her agency, and she was like, "I, you know, 
first of all, I don't think you're right for the children's book market. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you she know, just started it off with a haymaker. <laughs> yeah, but but that's her personality, you know. She, which which is the beautiful thing about Judy Sue is, you know, she she will be honest and direct, and if she thinks it and believes it's true, like, you know, she will tell you straight up, and and she's highly intuitive, and and I said, well. So it kind of it set the tone and made me understand who she was and what we were talking about here. And I said, I said, well, well, why are we talking then? You know, why why are we even having this conversation? And and she said, but I think you offer something unique, and it could be really unique in the marketplace. So if you're willing to build a portfolio with us, you know, we'd be we'd love to do that with you. And so I spent about a year unpaid, like just building a portfolio, you know, just exploring literature and things that I loved growing up, poetry, you know, Mark Twain, short stories, Langston Hughes poems, you know, just things that, that really spoke to me, you know, growing when, up. Just for the listeners, when you say build a portfolio, you were writing. The, this is, I mean. I was making or, art. You were make okay. God, yep. thank you as an illustrator. You. Sorry, so you were illustrating. Yeah, at that point, I was like Langston Hughes. And yep, I was reading reading perfect. works by these these amazing writers. That's and, right. Thank um, you, sir. And then making illustrations inspired by them. So, like, as if I was going to illustrate, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird. You know, what would I do for that? Or if I was going to illustrate a Langston Hughes poem, what would I do? And so, um, I started building this portfolio of stuff um, that, you know, just had some of my old work, but some of these new pieces that I was building. And, and when they felt like I was ready, they said, Hey, you know, let's, uh, let's pitch you for some projects. And, you know, and then eventually, and this is where it all really got started. Um, I got in into consideration for a picture book with Neil Sadaka. Um, he was taking some of his classic hits, like breaking up is hard to do and making them into picture books. Like he made wow. wa- waking up is hard to do was the picture book he was going to make. And, and so they pitched me for this book. And, and then I was, I I didn't realize this at the time, but I was in the running for this book against probably like seven other people. And, and they said, you know, we have this opportunity, but you need to make a piece of piece of art for them, you know, for free. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, okay, you know, sure. What's I've been the, doing this for a year. I, yeah, I was like, whatever. Doing free stuff for a year. Whatever. What's another day? Yeah. I was like, just, can you buy me a slice of pizza? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, what's the, you know, what's the premise? And, you know, they, they gave me a basic outline of what, what he was trying to do. And, and then, so I made a piece of art and they said, okay, great. And they shared that and they said, well, good news. You know, they, they love what you did, but, um, but we need you to make one more piece. Like if you were to take it a little farther, what else would you do? And, so I did another one and they were like, okay, great, great. And we'll get back to you. And then they ended up choosing me to do this book. And that was, that became my very first picture book was a, a book with Neil Sedaka. And, you know, it was a celebrity book. It was kind of a meat grinder. It was like, I had three months, you know, or so. And it was like over the holidays, you know, I was in the basement of my in-laws house, like on Christmas Eve, like painting, you know, wow. trying to get this thing done. And then, um, you know, but when the book came out, you know, Neil is on the Today Show with Kathy Lee and Hoda holding up our book and, you know, and they're talking about my art on the Today Show and, you know, and, uh, you know, it just, in my mind, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I just thought, okay, is this what picture books was all about? Like, is this the way every book is like? It turns out, no, not every book is like that, but, but it really showed me in a, in a sink or swim kind of way what the industry was like what my craft you know could or couldn't be like and and how to approach things or how I didn't want to approach things in the future and and so so that's how I got started and that that really set the tone and then a couple of books later um because once you once I got one book in the marketplace you know and you get a response to it then you can get other things going and cooking and and then um and then once I got a couple of books in I started thinking well I have I have my own ideas you know I have ideas I want to pitch to and so I started writing and, you know, I was kind of a closet writer all of my life, you know, just, I was the art guy, but, you know, secretly I would try to write things and, wow. you know, I think I still feel like an imposter in a lot of ways, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's been a joy to get to do both, you know, illustrate yeah. manuscripts that other people write, but also pitch my own things and, and do that as well. So, so that's how I got started. 
I I just realized something as you said it. And, you know, as I was preparing for this interview, I was like, yeah, author and illustrator. You know, when I, I read a lot of books and they're not picture books and I need to read. I mean, I read them to the kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, as they're getting older, where they're starting to want chapter books and things like that. But I was like, author and illustrator. That is something you get to do in writing kids books. Um you know, as, as a creator. And when you just said, sometimes I feel like an imposter, are you saying the author piece? You feel like the, the yeah. author's invading the space of the illustrator? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. I mean, I just, I feel like my, my craft as an author is more like learn as I go, learned, learned on the oh. fly kind of thing. But I went to school and studied the rules of art, you know, mm, and here's right. the proper way to do this. And, the, you know, but, right. but when it comes to writing, it's like, I, I read books, I study other authors and how do I, how do I want to use my voice? And, you know, so it's much yeah. more, you know, renegade, you know, when I'm writing. Right. And so I'm like, I show it to editors. I'm like, does this work? And they're like, ah, <laughs> I don't know, not quite there, but sometimes they're like, this is, this is great. I love where you're headed with this, you know? And then you're like, okay, right. okay. Um, so, so anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm navigating my confidence, you know, with that, right. always checking it and saying, you know what, you need to get over yourself. You know, you need to get over it. You need to jump yeah. in both feet and, and make it happen. You know, if you have an idea, you got to prototype it. That's the only way. So that's right. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's funny cause as I've gotten to follow you on social media, and you're very active there for all the listeners. Seriously, we're going to post Daniel's links. Definitely follow him, see the work he's doing. But you use all types of um, of methods for making art. So did you want to kind of tell people about that? Because I know she'll use paints and, you know, there's technologies come a long way since you started 20, 2004. And so there's, you know, other electronic methods. But uh, I guess what are your the tools that you use to create art? You know, I... I guess I've always felt this way, you know, from, you know, being in art school, I, you know, any tool is, is fair game. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, for me, I, I think it it just depends on the person who's making the statement and see what you're trying to make. And, you know, and I've, I was trained traditionally to, to draw and paint, um, and use all the traditional methods for drawing and painting, but, you know, but also when I started at Hallmark, I started using a lot of digital tools too. And, I love printmaking. And so I started trying to, you know, when I was first starting out, trying to blend, you know, printmaking and digital tools. But then I got to the point where I was trying to, I was spending so much time trying to fake what I could do with my hands with the digital tools to make it look like it was done by hand that, that I was like, well, I might as well just draw it or paint it, you know, and get there quicker, you know, but then I use the digital tools to clean things up and get them ready for print. and, And so you know, I go back and forth. I, I think there's a lot of beautiful work being done with all tools. You know, I, I'm not like a a warrior for one way or another. You know, I, I think I have to make choices for me. And, you know, in my books, if you look, I, I brought a bag of books, but if you looked through all of them, you'd see that, you know, there's there's variation in the way they're created. Um, I mean, there are some through lines because my hand made everything, but, but you know, I, I try to shift and adjust what I do to fit the story, you know? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, we all only have the levers we can pull, you know, within us, but it doesn't mean we can't pull different levers at different times, you know? That's right. And so, so I try to remember that and say, you know, for this one, you know, I have a book called Hope at Sea. It's, it's about a, uh, a family in the 1800s where the father works on a, a clipper ship as a carpenter and, and the daughter stows away on one of his journeys. And it's about what happens when she does that and how it affects their, their whole relationship and their life going forward. And, but you know, that was really inspired, you know, by the art director on the project turned me on to scrimshaw artwork, you know, these, these really delicate engravings that that was kind of a folk art of the time where people would do on like whale bones and, you know, different things. They would engrave these, you know, these beautiful, you know, narratives onto these, um, you know, these pieces of, you know, sea findings. And so, and so I use that as an inspiration for the pen and ink work that's in it and, and the way I painted it, 
you know, is really inspired by that, but that felt right for that story, you know, and, but I also just happen to love to draw with ink. And so, so I'm always looking for ways to line up what's at my core with the heart of a story, you know, and, and I think when I can do that as seamlessly as possible, I think the, the outcome is better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, just curious too, because, um, we, we can talk about some other things that you do as well, and I think this is probably true for every author and, and illustrator out there, at least from my observation too, but there's like the, there's the, uh, you know, touring piece, there's like the awareness piece, there's, you know, I know you're, you, you, you will get on other podcasts, you'll get on, you know, you'll do interviews, very active with that um, networking, how do you network locally, right? Because, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, getting out from my basement today. <laughs> and I think that's true for a lot of us that have the the ability to like work from home and work in our own space. You know, it's how do you how do you uh, sharpen your skills with other people and inspire others and um just on that networking piece i know we we mentioned that so how do you find other folks um you know there's a lot of avenues i mean i you know i should mention you know part of the i mean i have my own kind of strategy boards if you envision like a conference room in a business where you're like okay what are what's our business strategy here how are we going to define this i have charts where i've drawn like okay this is this is kind of my sweet spot you know this is kind of my core of what i bring to the table you know and and then there's you know if we had you know if this were a video podcast i would i would do some slides but (laughs) but then you've got like you know this other spoke that is an opportunity where it's like i might go do author visits right so i make stories make books and then there's the telling the story of the book or sharing it with readers. And so you go out and that's a spoke off of that wheel. And it's like, okay, there's, um, there's the opportunity to go into schools, to go to other colleges where people want to learn how to make books or whatever it is and talk about books and the process of making books. And that might include conferences that might include, you know, all these things. And so, um, so there's that component, you know, to what I do. And that is a great, if I keep that top of mind and that opportunity, and sometimes that's speaking fees and all that, but hopefully it's also generating interest in my books and sales and things like that. But, but one big thing it does is it keeps me connected with people. It keeps me thinking outside of my own little drawing board. You know, it's like, okay, these stories are for someone. And so I have to remember that. And, and I tell people, you know, when I go visit schools and I talk to you know, elementary school kids, especially I'm like coming to talk to you is the best part about my job. I love what I do and I love making art and all that stuff. And I grew up, you know, loving hiding away and just making art, but talking and sharing these stories with you guys and girls are, you know, to me, that's the, that's the goal. That's the best part of my job because I think I understand my work until I share it with other people. And then I really understand it, you know, because They'll come back and say, hey, you know, I love this joke you made here. And I'm like, really? Did I make a joke? You know, Uh I I love that you featured a father-son relationship in this story. And I'm like, I don't even, I didn't even think about the fact that I isolated the father-son relationship in that story. You know, it was, Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say everything's intentional, but you're like, some things just bubble up and it's like, well, that's just how I perceive, you know, this and, and, you know, you never know what's going to be unique in a marketplace until it hits it. And so, um, so I value that a lot and. And I make a lot of contacts through that, you know, with, you know, other bookmakers, educators, librarians, um, you know, administrators of schools, people that, that uh, organize conferences. And to that point, uh, locally, there's a, a group called Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, we have a local chapter for Kansas and Missouri. It's called SCBWI. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, I just got to uh, share for a couple of sessions at their fall conference here in town. And, um, and that's just, if anyone out there is thinking of making books, you know, I recommend getting connected with them because, um, it's a low, low cost of entry. I mean, you pay the membership fee for the national chapter and then, then you're part of local chapter too. And you can go to all the events and, you know, they cost some money, but, um, but they invite, professionals like some of the best in the industry to come and do like portfolio critiques and do presentations of like best practices and 
you know, if you're going to submit book ideas to them, how to do it and how. So you're talking about publishers and all the folks from the publishers and the people in between artists and publishers. Agents come, they invite some of the best agents to come and look at portfolios. And, you know, it's a great way to bounce stuff off of other professionals, but also the people you want to know, you know, it's the people that you might stalk on Instagram and you're like, do, do I DM them? Do I, you know, how do I get my foot in the door? You right. know, because I'm, I'm sure they get 14,000 submissions in a year. How do I, you know, but like these conferences are great ways at the local level to connect with people that are, that are some of the best in the industry, you know, and, and I'm amazed at the people that come in. I'm always like, Hey, I've been meaning to talk to you, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and I've been in the industry for, for years. And so, you know, to me, that pound for pound, that's a great way to get connected. Um, and plus you meet other great makers that might not be in Kansas city, but they might be in Liberty or they might be in St. Louis or they might, you know, so it's within a car's drive and you're like, okay, now I have a connection that's real. And, you know, people that are wrestling with the same issues and people that might be thriving in unique ways. And it's, you know, it's great to be connected with those folks. Um, you know, and just as a, on a personal level, you know, I have to try to stay connected with just people in general, people that that fill my cup up, people that um, that are that I would consider friends or confidants or people that I can rely on on a personal level because it's easy to be all business. It's easy to be like, look, if I'm not if I'm not churning, you know, I'm not earning, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, but it's important for me to say, look, I need to schedule time weekly if possible but schedule time to meet with folks to grab a coffee to just talk about life right talk check in with people see how they're doing how am i doing really take stock you know it's important as a as a creative person but as a a business owner in this post-pandemic age that's really important absolutely because zoom doesn't cut it you know that's you know it that's a way to relay information but but I, I don't think it completes the full relationship circle. And so I, I, I think it's important to, to remember that. And um, so, yeah, on a personal level, I think it's important for me. I don't, I don't tend to that part of my, my growth as much as I should. And, and so I'm constantly reminding myself, I should, I should text, text my friend. I should go, you know, make time to do this, even though I'm really busy. Right. I need to carve out time, you know, to go and do this. I'm with you on that. And it's funny, as you're saying that, it's like, hey, we're both carving out time right now. This is pretty awesome. No, I consider this part <laughs> of it. No. This, right? It's reminding me. It's like, because I think in the same way, it's who am I connecting with this week that I haven't connected with in a while or I've been meaning to? So intentional about that. Um, you know, it occurred to me too, you know, one of the things I ask all my guests is, uh, you know, what are, what are you doing? What's your competitive edge or whatever? But I feel like it's better to ask, you know, you've been in the Kansas city area for a while. You just talked about the local chapter as well that Mm -hmm. you're part of, um, you know, what do you think is unique to Kansas city as far as the, the maker community or the, the writing and illustrating culture here? Um, you've, you've gotten experience all over the world. Like, you you went to Singapore last yeah. year, right? This summer, this summer. This yeah. summer, I'm sorry, yeah. it was more recent. You've literally been all over the world. Um, what are some things that, I mean, or, or that you appreciate about the Kansas City area or, or what's coming out of here? You know, Kansas City, I, you know, I didn't even know where it was on the map. I mean, it shows you how good I was at geography before I moved here. You know, I, sure. I was in college and I got hired as an intern to come work at Hallmark. And I was a wow. junior in college. And I was like, Kansas City, cool. You know, I'll pack a duffel bag. And, you know, I packed up my, uh, my grandfather's World War II Navy duffel bag. And I, I, I made my way out. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, when I arrived, I was like, wow, this is a big city, you know, because of where I came from. But I quickly realized that there are these, these traditions and companies that were kind of woven into the fabric of the city that they were really proud of, like Hallmark or H&R Block or, the, you know, these companies that, sure. that have been a bit big players in the way life is done here. And, but I realized that because of that, you know, especially you know, JC Hall kind of created this, you know, environment of, you know, this creative hub in Kansas City that he drew 
the world's best artist for years and years and years to Kansas City. Um, Who is J.C. Hall? The founder of Hallmark. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, J.C. Hall, um, you know, created Hallmark, you know, long ago. But, you know, he created this tradition of, you know, going out and trying to find the best artists from all over the world and, you know, and then and pulled them in and, you know, and created kind of this destination. And I really think, you know, that that kind of sets the tone, you know, in a unique way. I mean, there was also, um, you know, the long ago, the um, this these group of illustrators that would do their like in the 70s and 80s and stuff, they would do their, uh, you know, their summer workshops and stuff here in the Midwest um, because of where some of the artists lived and where they're from. And, you know, and I, so I kind of have this romantic kind of view of, you know, kind of the train stop in the middle of the country and there's, there's cool things happening, but, but really, but really if you look around, there's a lot of small, um, just great creative studios, um, agencies, um, architecture firms, the, the art Institute. I mean, not every city has its own art Institute like that. Right. that are churning out creatives year after year. And, and I think that continues to, you know, contribute to it. But, you know, just like Kansas City was like a rail hub, you know, at one point, you know, now it's like, you know, you don't have to live on the coast to stay connected enough to, to get good business and to be a player in big industries. I mean, I think there is some romantic ideas about walking the streets of New York with the art under your arms, you know, walking into publishers and stuff. But, but, you know, people can work from anywhere now and it, and it's getting more so every day. I mean, at first it used to be like, wow, I can work anywhere. I have FedEx, you know, I could put a painting in, I could put it in the mailbox and FedEx will get it there. You know, I could fax them my note and, and then FedEx will, will deliver it to their door. But now it's like, I mean, we have, you know, we have all kinds of technology at our, our fingertips that that can really um, level the playing field. And so I think that helps, um, you know, and then bonus, you know, Kansas City, you know, there's a lot of great things to do and a lot of great vibe here, but the cost of living is nice. I mean, you can support a family here. You know, it's not like trying to make it in Silicon Valley or, you know, or Southern California or something. You know, I mean, just the cost of living is, is doable, I think. Right. Um, you know, I wish... You know, maybe there'd be a way for Kansas to get rid of the uh, the income tax or something that would help <laughs> make it even more attractive, you know, because I look at states and I'm like, I, I went to college in Florida and I'm like, wow, I'm like, wow, the, you know, the income tax, you just pay federal and, you know, as an, as a freelancer, you know, that, right. that would be really nice, you know, and helpful. But, um, but at the same time, I, I just think for a family, we've really felt like this has allowed us to put down roots and, um, and I think as a creative, the size of the city, you know, is inviting because you can get to know what's going on. You can get to know who's doing what, you know, you can go down to the crossroads on first Fridays and get this overview of like, what's happening, you know, what's cooking. And, right. and that's, that's exciting to me. And not only just visual art, I mean, music and I mean, God, we see, we've seen a lot of great shows in town. I mean, know. that's something I think you and I have talked about this too. It's accessible you know like it's a 10 minute drive into town and you're gonna park maybe max like a mile away maybe a couple blocks but artists are coming here and you know it's it's accessible i like how you mentioned first fridays um you know it's something i think my wife and i we did a lot when we first got here we i think we're hitting nine years in kansas city coming january um but the fact that the pulse is visible and there is a um, reliable, repeatable way to access the polls through like first Fridays as one of those, one of those things. Um, you mentioned the, the income tax, <laughs> That's something, you know, we've got, we got city tax here too. So like for people that don't know, you know, Kansas city straddles two States. And if you live on one side, but you work on the, the other side of the state, there's, there's other implica- uh, implications. Um, but I'm thinking about that makes me, that reminds me of like all this other stuff that you've had to learn along the way, because, you know, you have an agent as well. You, you had to manage, you know, your own business affairs, um, you know, what are some of the things that you've had to learn by, you know, running your own successful, um, I mean, what, what, what do you call it? Are you a solopreneur? 
<laughs> I, I'm just a guy trying to make it. You know, I, I, wish I don't know. I could just say it like that simply, <laughs> but but yeah, all those things you've had to learn. You know, and you you mentioned it earlier too, like tax implications and things. So like, what are some of those things? I think you know, if somebody wants to get into this, what are you know, what will they have to pay attention to? Well, you know, for me, I I was established as a as a corporate employee, you know, for years, right. you know, and, and you're paid monthly or every couple of weeks or however that flows. And, you know, and then you set up your 401ks and all your investments, whatever. And, you know, everybody's going to do it their own way. And I'm no like, you know, money savant by any means. Um, definitely not. But, but, you know, for me, I had to understand, you know, how do I go from, you know, this cadence of getting paid to large chunks coming in, and then budgeting large chunks in the right ways for longer periods of time and then making sure that I get the hits of payments when I need them, right? And so some of that is in your contract negotiations. Um, some of it's in the pace at which you work. Some of it's in the opportunities that you drum up. You know, so it's it's a real um, Jenga tower, you know, to use a visual there, to of, you know, things to orchestrate and kind of keep, keep going. And so, um, you know, for me, I just had to learn how to, you know, how to not only think about, you know, managing those finances as they come in, but think about structuring my family life, you know, to be supported by those finances in that way, because, you know, you, you set things up. I mean, just think about bill pay and things like that. It's like, they all hit on the same time of the month. Usually it's like the first of the month you want to, you know, boom, boom, boom. But it's like, I don't get paid you know, at the end of every month or the first of every month, you know, that's not how my paychecks roll, you know? So I have to make sure that I'm creating, you know, basically creating my, my fund that then I pull my salary, draw my salary out and, you know, not to get in the weeds, but like, you know, you just have to set up all those things and think through them and say, what is my strategy and what's going to work best for my family? And, um, you know, and, and some, sometimes it gets hairy because you encounter things that you didn't expect and you're like, wow, okay, we got to, got to make an adjustment, you know, and, but every, basically every decision I make with, with my professional endeavors affects, rolls downhill and affects my family, right? you know, and how they can live their lives. And, and so I have to think about that and, um, and consider that because, you know, for instance, I'm currently working on a graphic novel, which is a large project. You know, there's more, even more time between those touch points, you know, for, for getting payments, you know, because, there's so much content there's so much to make for the project. So it all makes sense. But, but I had to shift, you know, our approach even again, you know, because it's like larger sums, but even more spread out. And so, right. so you have to make choices, you know, in your life about that, which sometimes is a, um, you know, I've realized and had to learn, you know, sometimes it's a sacrifice, you know, where you say, you know, deferring things that you might normally act on quicker you know, for the family, you might say, well, we're going to defer that vacation because of this. And, you know, right. and so, you know, you just do a lot of that and a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, trading of expectations and things like that. Um, but, you know, I've realized, you know, I, I'm better off focusing on, you know, the doing the best I can with the tasks I have in front of me than worrying about what could be or what might have been, you know, and, and I, I think that's that's also something I've had to learn. You wouldn't think like, oh, that's that's tied into managing, you know, finances and business outcomes. But but I really do believe that, you know, the more authentically I can invest in the opportunities I have on my drawing board at any one time, the better off I am long term. You know, Absolutely. with all those other components. Not that it all just falls into place all the time, but you you stand a much better chance of having opportunities if you've really given the best effort you possibly can you know absolutely and and i I think anxiety can can go unchecked you know if you really worry about all that stuff too much right um so so i'm always trying to trying to balance you know what i have in my control and you know and how i can you know learn new skills if i need them you know where it's like you know where it's like okay how do i set up my own you know, 401k that a company hasn't set up for me, 
You know, should right. I? Does it make sense to do that? Is it better to do IRAs? You know, all of that stuff, managing insurance and, you know, getting the best plans and, you know, it's all kind of a mess. I mean, I, I, could, I could talk for hours about my gripes about, you know, medical insurance and small oh, businesses yeah. and, absolutely, you know, and all that jazz. But, but, I, but as a, you know, as a maker, you, you know, you have to wrestle with that because that's, I mean, you'd love to just be all, all ideas and, you know, and shooting from the hip and making fun stuff and, you know, but you do have to think through all those details too and, and figure out just what, what's going to serve your purposes and your family, right. you know, the best. Um, because, you know, without, without them behind me and what I do, none of it's possible. Absolutely. You know, I, I firmly believe that. I mean, from the days when I started making books, you know, we were in a small house and, you know, my studio was in my bedroom. So my wife was there sleeping and I'm quietly trying to paint, you know, and not make wow. noise, you know, up nights, you know, pulling like three all-nighters a week trying to get stuff done. It's like you go from there to, you know, now where I'm, I've got my own space and I'm cranking on projects nine to five. And, you know, it's like a, you know, I try to remember, you know, where I came from and, and where I've, where I've grown, what I've grown into. But, um, but yeah, there, there's always something new to learn. And, and I'm, I try to make sure that I, I'm reading more like financial magazines now. I'm reading more <laughs> like, you know, I, I take more I take more time to listen to, you know, people talking about the art of business and people talking about the craft of business. Yeah. So on that subject, I mean, what would you recommend or what's been helpful for you? Because I've also been thinking about this component. Like once you like we're we're looking at this is literally your art. We have two two of your books here. You got a, a book full of books. This is your art and you know Jess Towns, right? She wrote, sometimes I cry, you illustrated it. This is available all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. And so there's this industry component. So I guess now I've, now I've got to do this. Usually I think I'm asking one question and I'm asking multiples, but you know, the art of business, you said, you know, what's been helpful for you in your learning. And I guess, what have you learned to being in the industry of, you know, books book distribution you know there's that business component you know man uh gosh you know what i i try to look at is i mean there's some broader things where it's like you know the wall street journal fortune you know i come across these you know articles all the time from these publications that you would think of and um but i try to look at people within my industry that are doing something that either confuses me or I'm envious of what they're doing, or I'm, I want to understand how they do, did what they did and want to do more of that type of thing. Um, or maybe it's something I've been wrestling with, but they seem to be doing it well, you know? And so I, I'm always curious about that. And so I'll look to those people and, you know, I think social media is a great tool for that for better or worse. You know, you can be like, well, don't get too bogged down by what everyone else is doing, but but I think it is important to say, okay, how did they overcome that hurdle? And, and a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of stalk them a little bit and read, you know, their posts or, or a lot of people are doing like sub stacks and things. It's like, okay, go check out their newsletter, see what they're talking about, um, see what they're offering even. I mean, it's fun to watch, excuse me, it's fun to watch, you know, what people are even offering as services in my industry wow. on top of just making books. So it's like going to their website because some people are like, I haven't done this as much, um, you know, I, I think maybe I could in the future, but I'm, I'm just not sure if it's my, if it's what I'm going to lead with, but, but I've seen some people offer, you know, paid critiques or paid, you know, collaborations where it's like, go to my website, sign up for a slot. And then, you know, you can share me, share your ideas with me and we'll talk through it. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I see, I see how they're kind of, you know, adding to their bottom line. It's like on top of making books, they're helping basically rather than being hired as a teacher, they're creating an opportunity for people to step in and they put on their teacher hat for a minute and then step out, you know, sure. and focus on these other things. You know, a lot of those, you know, things for me are like light bulb moments where it's like, oh yeah, of course, that makes total sense, you know? But until you see the way other people are moving in the marketplace, you know, 
Um, and in that way, I think it's important to also say that, you know, I really do believe that what I do is kind of an extension of, you know, who I am as a person and what I can bring to the table. Um, and that's, and you kind of have to create a brand around that. And so in that way, it's unique in and of itself. Um, right. that's where the uniqueness happens or should happen. Um, and obviously you can tweak it in and say, well, what do I want to focus on that I'm passionate about, um, and how that's unique. But, but I think by default, if you're being yourself, you know, there, there are things that are going to bubble up that make it unique. And so, so I think looking at how other people are doing things always, um, you know, I always try to take note because, you know, there's, there's things that I learn about managing, uh, the rights to my content, you know, just by watching how other people are doing it, um, that, that really pertain to my bottom line, you know, how people work with galleries to sell artwork, how people, um, how people repurpose what they've made for books for other endeavors, you know, get, get more use out of the thing that you made for the one thing and three other avenues. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, all those things speak to, you know, running a business like efficiency, you know, not, not wasting effort, you know, things like that, maximizing opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to take note of those things, but a lot of it comes from looking at peers in the industry and watching how they do it, you know, and being curious where it's like, what, what goes into, you know, what goes into navigating these giant book deals where it's like a three book deal for whatever. I'm like, let's unpack that. You know, I try to drill down and, and figure out why things happen that way. And is that the best way to do it for me? And why would I want that, you know, or need that? And so it's always good for me to, you know, kind of, kind of think through those things by looking at other people in the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you saying that the three book deal, that reminds me of my own experience being in a band and, you know, there's album deals and, you know, there's that, of course, then there's the expectations of, you know, um, in bands, it's playing tours for you. Do you have like, um, when you, when you write a new book, so like, sometimes I cry, you know, what's involved with that? Like, is there like speaking tours? Is there like, I know some writers and illustrators now they're doing like exclusive early releases at like local bookstores. And, you know, there's all kinds of special things people are doing. Um, but what's in, what's involved with releasing your work? Well, with the, you know, in my experience, obviously it's different for different people. Um, but in my experience, I, I work with a publisher to come up with, you know, what's the marketing plan? What's the strategy? And we'll talk about opportunities and, you know, often it's them deciding how much they want to put behind a book in terms of dollars and resources. And usually um, it has to do with what they perceive as the potential of, you know, that, that author or illustrator and the cachet they bring and what they want to get behind and, and then, um, and then there's what I bring grassroots, you know, from my end. And I, I think publishers rely heavily on, you know, what makers bring, you know, from their end. And, and so in that I've, I've tried to stay active on social media. I've tried to really invest in that and, and tell my story there and build up that following. And, and so, um, you know, because that's instrumental in getting the word out, doing Instagram lives and things like that to you know, show people, you know, what we, what the story's all about and what went into making it. And, you know, a lot of that happens, um, and is planned. Um, but then there's the, the traditional forms of promotion where it's like going to bookstores, doing events, um, doing school visits, um, which is usually on, on me to arrange, uh, figuring out, you know, are there conferences that, you know, make sense for us to be at, to, you know, share the books, um, and then, and then it's like, how, you know, how do you want to, uh, connect with, you know, the educational space, you know, cause that those bookstores and things like that are more retail, but then there's the educational side, but, but the publishers, they think through all of that and, and will come up with what they're interested in or willing to do. But then I, I pitch ideas where I'll say like, Hey, can we do like an Instagram takeover of the publisher's account and right. share some content or do this or that? Or, 
or we've got, you know, these bookstores in this area that it would be great to visit. Could we arrange something? And, you know, often it just comes down to budget and their, and how much money they want to throw at it. And, you know, because touring costs money. Right. Right. Because right. for me, just to pay out of pocket for plane tickets and stuff, I, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Sure. But I think it's kind of a cart before the horse thing. It's, you know, if someone is a New York Times bestseller, I think publishers are going to throw more money at promoting that person because they're guaranteed more return. Sure. You know what I'm saying? On right. So they have that existing cachet right. of eyeballs. Um, or if someone's like a major book award winner, they're going to actually throw more marketing dollars at that person's book because right. they probably paid that person a much bigger advance and they want to get their money back. You know, so it's like this cycle that that you kind of have to you kind of have to ratchet your way up. I mean, some people, the first book they publish, they're in the stratosphere, you know, right away. I've been kind of a builder, you know, over my career, you know, right. publish a book, promote it, tell the story, next one, build, build, you know. Right. Um, and so, you know, who knows what the future will hold, but, but I think there's all these weird dynamics, but most of it comes down to marketing budgets and how much they want to put into it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think there's creative ways to get around some of it and to, you know, to streamline some, some of it where you could say like, I've thought of, you know, Hey, do I do a Midwest book tour where I rent a car or a, you know, and then just, you know, we buy cheap hotel rooms, you know, and just right. drive in throughout the Midwest and hit up bookstores. You know, I think that would be fun. I'm in a position now where, you know, I can make my own schedule. So I could do that. Um, but I would still need publisher backing, you know what I mean? Gas Absolutely. money and things, you know, right. You know, that kind of stuff you do have to, you know, kind of pitch and, and beg, you know, <laughs> to, to get <laughs> right. the support. You know, right. because it all it's all dollars and cents. I mean, one of the truest things about uh, what I do now is that the sales don't lie. Mm. So, you know, at a company, you work for a company, you can get by on perception for a while. You can you can build your brand within the company. You can be perceived as a really hard worker. But do you really know how much revenue that person generates and how much that person costs every year? You know, you really, wow. you just yeah. don't. It's a little murky, you know, when you get into that giant operation. But for me, they can pull up the sales data on any book I have, you know, at any given moment and say, well, we're willing to offer you this much money because this is what the sales data shows us. Sure. You know? Right. And um, and then I, you know, I can push back and, you know, argue certain things. But, you know, but for the most part, it's about, you know, what what's the true cost of this opportunity? Right. Um which I think is good in one way, because if you prove yourself, there's no denying it, right? Right. But if you haven't proven yourself, then it makes it really tough to break in. So, so I think that's, that's something for people to keep in mind, too, about the industry, is that, that there's a truth and a clarity in that, um, for better or worse. Um, Daniel, I have so appreciated having you on this show. And um, again, there's you know, every time I, I do one of these interviews to think about who's coming on and every time there's a gift or multiple gifts throughout the discussion that I couldn't have even planned to, to, to pull out of it. And so I'm just so grateful for you giving us your time. Um, what's the best way for people to, uh, to find you? Cause we're going to drop all, all your, uh, links and notes and all that stuff. But I mean, um, how do you prefer people access your, your work and, and get in touch with you? Well, I, I'm sure it will be in the links, but, you know, my website is com, and, you know, Instagram, I'm extremely active on. So Daniel Miaris Doodles on Instagram, uh, you can check out what I'm currently working on. Um, I try to do daily updates and share, you know, kind of the inside scoop on what I do and who I am. You can check that out. But um, through my website, you can find my email address if you're interested, you know, reach out. I'm happy to connect. If you if you actually want to do school visits or any sort of uh, book event, you can reach out that way too. Um, happy to and would love to connect with you. 
Outstanding. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Kansas City Business Cast. If you liked what you heard, um, please remember to give us a review. Uh, written reviews on Apple, ratings on Spotify, those all help us. And most importantly, it helps our guests who are the focus of this show uh, get their, their message, their truth, and what they're doing out there. So thanks again, everybody. Appreciate you. We could not do this without you. Thank you.